Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. The following contest is scheduled for 60 minutes. Give me a hell yeah! Oh my god! The rain just exploded! I apologize, you son of a bubbly! I'm better than you, and you know it! Social media, our Twitter handle is at Monday Night Gore. You know the drill. That's capital N, capital N, capital G. Speaking of G's, my name is Andy Goldman. Joined as always by Mr. Carl Farity and Mr. Rob Edwards. And tonight we'll briefly look at Fight of Fest and the Great American Bash, and we'll preview the upcoming pay-per-view Extreme Rules, or is it being billed a horror show at Extreme Rules, whatever that means. But first, lads, the Wednesday Night Wars continued. This past week, uh, seeing NXT defeat AEW in the ratings for the third week in a row. The first time they've ever managed to do that. Uh, now, we're not going to go through uh, the whole card in any great detail. Uh, I'll take you through Fighter Fest. We'll do a, talk, a couple of talking points from there. And then, Connor, you will do the same with the Great American Bash. But first, lads, uh, we'll go through AEW Fighter Fest. Um, Rob, I'll get your thoughts first on the broad show. What did you make of it? Yeah, not a bad show. Some. Same as the first week, I think some matches better than other, but no, I thought it was a very, very good show all round. I enjoyed the main events. There were some good moments. Yeah, I thought it was a very good show. I, as I said last week, I just need to remember that it's just a weekly show. I think I forget that at times. So maybe mainly because of the competition between that and NXT, I forget they're just normal shows. But if you're looking at it, it's just a normal show. I thought it was a very good show. Connor, uh, do you echo what Rob just said? Yeah, totally. Thought it was a very good show. Um, some great matches in there. As, as I know, we're going to quickly sort of go through the card and get opinions on that. Uh, and very much enjoyed it. Wednesday nights are where it's at at the moment. Um, Raw and SmackDown have got a lot to live up to, as we will talk about later on. Absolutely. Uh, so, yeah, we'll make a start with the Vice Best Night 2 card. Uh, we're going straight to the AEW World Tag Team title match. Again, lads, we're not going to go into great detail on this. Uh, it was a result we all expected. It's Hangman Adam Page and Kenny Omega. They retained their against Private Party, but a good showing for Private Party for sure. Did you enjoy the match, boys? Uh, Connor, I'll start with you. Yeah, uh, very enjoyable match. Um, right outcome as well, all for um, Hangman and Omega to keep the titles. But a great showing from Private Party. It doesn't hurt them at all, and they've got a bright future. Uh, next, we saw Lance Archer. He defeated Joey Janela. Rob, again, there was no surprises there. Uh, it was a pretty dominating performance. Although Janela did get some offense in, we thought this one might have gone the way that uh, Janela would have been hugely uh, beaten uh, by the, um, the Lance Archer character. That didn't seem to happen. It was a bit more of a back and forth, but overall, the result was expected, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I didn't, I didn't mind the fact that um, Janela got a few... As, as you said, he went on the offensive at times. He's, this is the man who was main evented, main evented fight of us last year, was it? He was in the main event. So he's, he's not a bad little wrestler. But the outcome of the match was correct, especially after um, Lance losing to Cody for the TNT Championship. He's a phenomenal wrestler and should be doing big things in AEW, which I'm sure he will go on to do following this victory. Absolutely right. Uh, now, the third match on the card, this was another one that uh, surprised me quite a fair bit. I, I think it, it would have done you lads as well. It was, of course, the uh, eight-man tag match between Whitford Blade, Lucha Bros, 
uh, and they were taking on FTR and the Young Bucks. Now, it was actually the heel teams who came out on top of this one, uh, Butcher and the Blade and the returning Lucha Bros defeating FTR and the Young Bucks in 16 and a half minutes. Now, boys, in our predictions, if I'm not mistaken, we all thought that uh, FTR and the Young Bucks would win this. It seemed to prolong that story. That did not happen. Uh, Connor, what are your thoughts on the match and what were your thoughts on the uh, good guys that were uh, coming out with the defeat? Match of the night for me, boys. Um, I know you, you two may disagree because I know the main event was excellent, um, which we'll go on to. Um, but some of the moves that the Lucha Bros were doing was just unbelievable. Um, like you said, it's the first time we've seen them together for a while. We know uh, Pentagon got, I think he was stuck out in Mexico, I think they, they mentioned, yeah. during the start of the pandemic. And then Ray Phoenix getting injured. They finally came back together did fantastic things in the ring. And it's that one match where every team comes out looking fantastic. No one gets hurt out of it. And I actually think that it's done the butcher and the blade, you know, brilliantly, because we were all looking at them and going, have they sort of been hard done by? What do they really bring to this division? But I really think they, they played a very good part in that match. Um, I think it's a nice little twist, isn't it? We saw at the start, the uh, when the Young Bucks came in, they were being bigged up, but then they, they, they lost, basically, didn't they? And, then now they've decided to do that to FTR. It kind of builds nicely for when they finally have their match. So I think it was a good idea not to... I know I said that they would they would win, and I was wrong, but I wasn't 100% shocked, if that makes sense, when it did happen. Um, and I think it sets it up perfectly for when they finally do clash. Rob, because it was an eight-man tag, do you not feel like it... Um... It didn't hurt either FTR or Young Bucks purely because it wasn't like a standard two-on-two tag team match. Do you feel like the, the uh, mass amount of superstars in the ring at the same time made, meant that the loss didn't really matter as much? It was just to progress that story. I think so. I think, as Connor said, it plays nicely into um, the storyline developing between the Young Bucks and uh, FTR. And you said, Andy, as it was an eight-man tag team match, I don't think it hurts either of them too much. But it was, it was a phenomenal match. I think going into it, we all said it was going to be a brilliant match and it lived up to the expectations. I saw on social media, there were various ex-wrestlers who stated how impressed they were by the match, but there, there were four phenomenal tag teams we've said in the past how good Lucha Bros are. And as Connor said, it's brilliant to see uh, Ray Phoenix and Pentagon Jr. back in the ring together. Now, the next match is one that I would suggest the Great American Bash did far better. This was the only women's match on the card. It was Nyla Rose. In a 201 handicap match against Tenzi Page and Keely Kim, uh, who uh, none of us have ever heard of. I don't think anyone has heard of. Maybe some ones in the deep South of America might have heard of them. Um, we were a bit uh, excited, perhaps, we say, for this, or at least intrigued by this match, lads, before uh, we uh, knew who she was going up against. We thought, could it be some returning? Could it be a debut? But no, it just ended up being a standard squash match, which we've seen Nyla Rose do countless times. Uh, Rob, I'll start with you. Uh, do you expect more from this? Because it was only two minutes 11 and then the women weren't involved anymore in the show. Well, when they say it's a mystery opponent, you, you would like to think it's someone significant, but it really wasn't. Just two jobbers who she beat the hell out of. Obviously, she did make the announcement that she's going to have a manager, which I quite liked, to be honest. I'm mm. interested to see if that would be. I think that's a good idea. But yeah, the match itself is just, not a row, it's just destroying people, which, she, as you said, Andy, she's done on numerous occasions in the past, but we've, we've said the last few weeks, we're not sure, well, we don't know, it's the same, we don't know who's available to them, so they probably didn't have that many options for people to face Nyla Rose, and I think she was always going to win the match who she was up against, so they probably just thought, well, let's just have a squash two people, and that's why it was a handicap match, to be honest. 
Echoing what Rob said there, Connor, about Nyla Rose announcing she's going to have a manager. Do you think that AEW maybe are going to convolute the manager scene a little bit? Because it seems like every one of their men has a, has a manager at this point. Yeah, you, you know what? You make a, make a very good point there. Um, I quite like the idea because I do, I, I do like the way that they do the managers. Um, I'm quite excited as well because I think I wasn't, I'm, I'm not, the biggest fan of Nyla Rose. I've got to be honest with you, you boys know I made that my feelings very clear when I wanted Shida to win the title of her. I just don't know if it works personally. So maybe the manager could give her a new edge and I, and I might see a different side to it. Um, but in terms of the match, yeah, dull, boring, wasn't really invested. Saved by the manager, to be fair, that perked my interest up a little bit. But then you've got to look at it, it's just come off the back of that unbelievable eight-man tag match. You know, you need to calm down before you then go on to sort of the bigger matches. And like Rob said, we know they're strapped on women's wrestlers at the moment. They've made that pretty much clear through injuries and and uh, COVID-19. So, mm, could have been done better, but saved that she is going to get a manager. Um, and to your point, it is going to be a lot of managers, but I still think they can make it work. Stuff. Also, I like the fact that she uh, insinuated that she's going to go for Shida once again. I have no problems with that, purely because their match at Double or Nothing was fantastic. So, yeah, looking forward to a possible rematch there for the AEW Women's World title. Now, the penultimate match of the card was Cock Cabana with the Dark Order, represented by Mr. Brody Lee and Stu Grayson. They actually beat SCU. Again, this is what we thought would happen to progress the story. It did happen. Uh, Rob, are you still all on board with this storyline? You know, Cock Cabana, S, uh, excuse me, Dark Order, are you on board with that still? Yeah, as I've said, I'm a huge um, Brody Lee fan and I don't have any issue with him recruiting loads of people. I think Colt Cabana wasn't really doing too much. So why not? I haven't joined the Colt um, Dark Order, sorry. Uh, the match itself was a good match. Dark Order are going places. I've, I've said already I'm quite concerned about SEU. Just seem to have died. To be honest, I've been dying for a while. They're not really going anywhere. Of course, it wasn't only long ago that we thought Christopher Daniels might have been during the Dark Order, but that seems to have totally died a death. So, um, but no, in terms of the Dark Order storyline, I think it progresses it nicely. It wasn't a bad match to have before the main event. I quite enjoyed it. Well, I could um, they revisit this SCU Dark Order storyline in terms of maybe one of the members jumping ship? Because I know they, they did the whole, as Rob rightly said, the Christopher Daniels situation where will he, won't he join? He accidentally, um, he actually never did. If they then do a massive swerve and then Kazarian or Sky could end up joining and then just throw everything up into the air. Could that work? Well, they mentioned on um, commentary that Scorpio Sky is going more singles now. Mm. Um, I don't know if you heard that. So that already shouts to me that SCU is pretty much done and they're all going to go sort of their own separate ways. Um, they could do that. But I quite, I quite like the Colt Cabana thing at the moment. You know, the fact that he was injured and Brody was basically saying, you know, man up. And then he wanted to celebrate at the end. And Brody Lee was like, no, don't do that. Uh, Stu Grayson as well, the same. I really like the story. And I think, you know, also don't forget a couple of weeks ago, they took Anna Jay off and now she's been off TV and she's probably going to come back. So they potentially are branching out to the women's side as well to really make them a massive uh, faction in AEW. And perfectly what Brody, need, Brody, sorry, Brody Lee needed after losing to John Moxley um, so that it didn't hurt him. I'm very much behind it, but no, nah, I, I think Frankie Kazarian and Scorpio Sky are both very good individuals and could easily slip into the singles single scene. We've got enough tag teams going around. And as we've, we've talked about, I'm not saying give them a shot straight away at John Moxley, but already John Moxley's short of you know people to be up against. So singles competitors, it could be perfect for them. Um, 
Oh man, oh Eva Luno, mate, get him in the ring. Love him. Absolute geezer. Just the way he's standing there in his suit on the edge and the mask. Get him in the ring, mate. Get him in the ring. But no, love it, love in Dark Order and perfect for the main event. Well, uh, before we get on to the, uh, the main event, we do want to just uh, very quickly mention uh, the uh, AEW debuted or re-debuted, should we say, a very old gimmick championship. Now, this is a very niche title. Unless you know your wrestling history, you're not really going to know what this is. The FTW Championship, standing for Fuck the World. It was Taz's uh, innovation, should we say, in the late 1990s in ECW. And it was a title almost to rebel against the world, to rebel against the establishment, if you like. And it was only ever seen in ECW. Now, AEW revived it. It's officially sanctioned as a, as a championship in AEW. Um, my feelings are mixed when it comes to this because I feel like I don't like over-convoluted title pictures in companies. I don't like, for example, that WWE have about 800 championships. I feel like it devalues somewhat it being a champion and what that means. So what do you think about this championship and uh, what do you think about Brian Cage being given it? And do you see it having legs? Because... To the layman, a lot of people wouldn't know what this championship means or signifies. And even I am a bit up in the air about, okay, what does this really mean? So, Connor, what's your opinion as someone who maybe wouldn't be too familiar with what this championship is? Listen, I agree with you on nearly all of those points there. I, I disagree with, with everything. I think they don't need the title, number one. Number two, why the hell are they giving it to Brian Cage a week before his match against John Moxley? That's almost perfectly saying, you know what, go lose to John Moxley, have a great match, but it's not going to devalue you because you've still got this title. Mm. Wrong thing to do. Title, wrong. Could it maybe have legs? It, it could potentially because they have only got the two singles titles at the moment. But when you've got a reduced roster because of this virus, it's almost the wrong time to do it because now you've got three championships and barely, you know, half of what they would that half of the roster and to me it doesn't really mean much it back in the day sort of kind of remember it when I used when I used to watch it but when I saw it I, I just completely disagreed with it and there's not much that I completely disagree with with AEW but this will be the one thing that I just have no time for well um two things firstly I'll ask you this straight up did you do you understand from Taz's promo what the championship really means well, I researched it afterwards. I know, I know why um, he did it because he couldn't get shot at the ECW World Championship, didn't he? And then wow. when he eventually got the ECW World Championship, he just ditched it, didn't he? It just disappeared. But when you were watching it on TV, were you like, what? Well, I, was, I, didn't, I didn't understand what it was. Mm. I, I didn't watch wrestling back in the 1990s, so I, mm. I didn't have a clue what it was. Nice belt. I quite like the belt, but no idea what it is. And I'm sure there are a few people, unless you been watching wrestling way back when probably didn't know who it was the same as me as soon as it finished you had to research it and even when you research it there wasn't much on it to be honest because it wasn't around for too long but as connor said it kind of i think it just devalues a bit their match next week i don't know why they've thrown it into the mix i, I liked I, I fully invested in having keeping brian cage and taz come out and do a promo i don't know why they've had to bring that belt into the mix. So what, what does Mox get it if he beats Cage? I don't really understand it, to be honest. I, I, I don't get why they've done it. I really don't. Do you value the women's division as well? Because let's look at the facts here. So say, I don't know, you're, you mentioned Scorpio Sky, right? So he goes for John Moxley's world title, loses. Ah, lost that one. Oh, well, I've got the TNT title I can go for. I'll go for that. Ah, 
I, I lost that match. Well, I can go back to SCU and win the tag team titles. Went, ah, sorry, just lost that match. Uh, what else? Oh, I've got this new FTW championship I can go for. What do the women have? I've got the world championship. Lost that. That's it. Got nothing else. Surely, if I was a woman on that roster, I'd be saying, excuse me, we have maybe a tag belt or something like that, but apparently get another male signals belt. I don't really see the point, and hopefully they'll explain it. Um, I don't mind, because, you know, in WWE they had the, uh, for example, the Million Dollar Championship, which Ted DiBiase uh, introduced. That was an unsanctioned championship, meaning it was a championship, but it wasn't officially recognised as a championship in the company. And that worked, because it was like a prop. Uh, whereas this is officially sanctioned, and it just it just annoys me because I feel like well, you're oversaturating the market of championships, and you're not giving the women more to wrestle for, which they deserve. Uh, we've been singing the praises of the women for a lot of weeks now on this show. Uh, we like what Omega's done with the Vision, Penelope Ford, Shida, but I feel like they're being a bit of a disservice there, unless they can go for this championship as well, which I don't think they will, because Tony Khan has said he's not a big fan of intergender wrestling. So that's that. Um, now we'll come to the main event of the show. Uh, this was Chris Jericho taking on Orange Cassidy. And now, you know, if you saw the match with Orange Cassidy and Pac, as we said last week, you know that he can wrestle. And boy, can he wrestle. They went for 18 minutes. And uh, in the end, it was Jericho did get the victory over Orange Cassidy. But Connor, I'll get your thoughts. What do you think of the match? And do you think that Cassidy has shown himself to be a star once again? Brilliant match, Andy. As I said, for me, it's a close second behind that eight-man tag match. But I can completely understand why people would, would put this match uh, top. We talked about it so many times, haven't we? How good is Chris Jericho at putting over his opponents? I mean, he just made Orange Cassidy look fantastic. But rightfully, I think Chris Jericho should have won. Um, oh, I was a little bit annoyed at Santana and Ortiz, Ortiz I must say. And listen, I, I get why they do it because, you know, they're in a circle, they run around together, but it wasn't needed. Their, their, in, their input and the throwing of the orange juice, it wasn't really needed. I felt the two of them could have just had, we could have had an even better match on their own. I liked it when Best Friends finally did come out and it allowed the focus to go back on. And then the right result with, with the uh, Judas effect at the, at the end. Um, every match I watch with Chris Jericho, I enjoy. And um, this match with Orange Cassidy, he just really allowed Orange Cassidy to get into the flow and show off his skill set and try, as, as the joke <laughs> seems to be now. Um, love the feud, love the match. And for me, I called the result and I think it's the right result. Um, now, Rob, I feel like um, Jericho's been leading up to this sort of match in his career because, you know, it, some people have thought, oh, it just be a comedy match, but it really wasn't. It was, it was actually a really hard-hitting, good old-fashioned wrestling match. And he's actually come out and said it was one of the favourites of his entire career. This is, you know, 30 years, it will take. Um, do you think that Orange Cassidy is, is hurt as a character for losing this match? Because he also lost a pack, let's not forget. So every singles match he's had up to this point in a high-profile pay-per-view special Dino episode billing. He's lost. Does that hurt him at all? And do you think he's very much due a big win soon? I would like to get him to see a big win, but I don't think it hurts him too much. In the day, he could lose every match on the planet and he'd still be the most over-wrestler on that company. So that doesn't really affect him too much in that way. And he pushed um, the inaugural AEW World Champion, one of the greatest wrestlers that's ever lived, all the way. As you said, in an 18-minute match, I don't think it hurts him too much. I did. I thought that um, Cassidy may sneak the win, to be honest, just to fuel Jericho's frustration that he keeps winning. But I, I don't have an issue with him. Um, Jericho winning, I wouldn't have an issue if it gone either way. It was a brilliant match. And you said, Andy, a lot of people, even I thought it, there might be a bit of a stupidity factor to it, but it ended up being um, a brilliant match and a worthy main event to finish off the night, I think. 
And that was Fighter Fest Night 2. Of course, you can't forget that this week coming up, we do have a Fight for the Fallen, which is the, uh, the special edition of Dynamite. This is just a one-week uh, occasion, just a single episode where we'll finally see, uh, we think, we hope, uh, John Moxley taking on Brian Cage for the AEW World Championship. And next uh, episode, we'll have all the fallout from that and we'll discuss that match. But uh, for right now, uh, to conclude the... Wednesday Night Wars um, talking points. I'm going to hand you back to Mr. Connor Faraday, who will take us through the Great American Bash Night 2. Connor. Thank you, Andy. So, boys, to rival Fighter Fest, we obviously had NXT Great American Bash Night 2. Um, it got kicking off with uh, Mia Yim versus Candice LeRae in a street fight. Actually, apart from obviously the main event, which we will get to, I thought this was a great match. Um, really, really enjoyable. And it ended with Candice LeRae picking up the win. Um, I feel that was the right decision because with the heel turn, I feel she needs a bit more, a bit more of a push. I think this is the perfect way to get it. Um, I also thought the ending was fantastic. Uh, they balanced the table onto the top rope. Mia Yim came out, Candice LeRae with the brass knuckles. Uh, LeRae obviously hit with the chair, took the knuckles off her, hit her, and then did a swinging neck breaker onto the chairs below before falling into. Uh, the pin. So, Rob, what do you think about the match? Did you enjoy it? No, street street fights are always enjoyable just because they're brutal. Half the time, there there were two women who have been. Um, it was building up to it. As you said, quite I thought the finish was absolutely brilliant. It was just a fantastic all-round match. And I said Yim to win, but I have to agree with you what you said. If you're going to turn someone heel, then at least make it a serious heel run. And hopefully, with this victory, she may go on. To do bigger things, which I do, she's a talented wrestler, Candice Ray, and I don't think it hurts um, Mia Yim too much because, I, as I said, it was a fantastic match, and both women went on the offensive at times. It was a great way to open the Great American Bash, and it was well. I think we're only going to really touch on two matches. It was only one of two matches that I was really invested in going into the night to be honest, and I thought it was just a fantastic match all round, and I imagine that's the end of it. I don't really know. You would hope so after she delivered that screen net breaker it's quite a hefty way to finish a match so I think that's a good way to end it and hopefully the women can go in different directions they're both extremely talented wrestlers so I'm sure they'll go on to bigger and better things following on from this. Uh, Andy Rob mentioned there street fights are always brutal um, was this brutal enough for you? Um, that was a spot match I mean yeah I had the classic kendo stick and chairs I've got some cans in there as well and I'm all for that um, I think at certain points in the match you could see where it was going I, I remember the Specifically, the spot when they went out the ring, they're on that little platform thing, and they were going to do a suplex off the um, platform onto the table. Now, when this happened, I thought, right, whoever goes through the table is going to win the match because it's not like you're going to okay, it'll bring them to the ring and then pin them. You know, they have a little back and forth, and then the finish will happen eventually. So, as soon as it was Lorraine who went through the table, I thought, right, okay, Lorraine's going to go over because this isn't going to be the finish of the match. We'll have some more things going on there. Like you said, they set up this final spot with the tables and in on the ropes and the chairs in the ring. Um, but no, I did enjoy it. it. Can it be brutal? Can it be more brutal? Yeah, but you know, I, I don't think it was, don't forget, it's weekly TV and with takeovers, that's when they can really push the boat out because on the network with USA, they might have different rules. I don't know. Um, but either way, I really enjoyed the match. It was probably for me, the yeah, it was the second best match on the card. It was always going to be. I mean, you can't really go up to the main event because that was always going to be great. Um, yeah, thoroughly enjoyed and I totally agree with Rob. Um, it does make sense actually for, Lorraine to win purely because of the recent heel turn and I'd go I'd go full kilter with her go face Io Shirai or maybe even Rhea Ripley uh, the only issue with, with that is if she beats Rhea Ripley we talked about loads in this show what happens to her then 
she will lose to you know Candice Gray. So um, yeah, it makes her look strong, and I don't think it hurts him too much. Maybe give her a few weeks off and have a comeback and do something else. Uh, yeah, thoroughly. Exactly this. I think I think it doesn't hurt them too much, and also you know we've talked about how the NXT women's division is really stacked. Uh, this Wednesday, it's also worth, worth mentioning, Io Shirai puts her title on the line um, against Tegan Knox after Tegan Knox won the, the four-way elimination match uh, on the first week. You would presume that Io Shirai will win that, and then all of a sudden it opens up another shot to go at Io Shirai. So people like Candice LeRae could be looking at that, Dakota Kai, um, also another woman who returned later that we will talk about um, very briefly. So there's a lot of opportunities for the NXT Women's Division and also something that Raw and SmackDown needs to look at. We've talked about how short they seem to be of women's superstars. You've got more than enough abundance on uh, the NXT brand. Now, this is where I feel, after this match, I feel the bash took a bit of a downturn. And um, we mentioned it last week when we were previewing. There was only three matches scheduled on the card. Hard. It felt. I feel this was very, very rushed. I feel they were trying to rival um, AEW's Fighter Fest and really just sort of threw matches in there that there wasn't really that much interest in. So the next couple of matches, I'm just kind of going to go through them. I don't really need an opinion off you because I think a couple of them are just. I thought they were just thrown in to fill time. Uh, so the next match was between Bronson Reed and Tony Nice. Bronson Reed won. We're led to believe that that happened during some sort of pre-show that they didn't even advertise. Tony Nice was just seemed to be having a random match before they came on air, and all of a sudden that kicked off. Anyway, Bronson Reed um, went on to win that. Um, then there was a little backstage indication with Shotzi Blackheart and Robert Stone. Killian Dane got involved again. Don't really need to really go into that. The next match on the card here was Johnny Gargano versus Isaiah Swerve Scott. Um, I mentioned it last week. I thought they would have a match after the little altercation. A weird match, but I actually thought it was relatively enjoyable. I thought uh, Swerve Scott put up a good showing, but uh, ideally Johnny Gargano won. Now, the interesting thing was um, they did an interview afterwards, Larray and um, Gargano, and Gargano basically blamed Finn Balor for the reason that uh, Keith Lee won that um, match to face Adam Cole. So does that hint that Gargano is going to get another shot at potentially the, either the North American or the uh, NXT Championship? Or is he going to go after Finn Balor again? I mean, I mean, Rob, I can see you making faces there because he's faced everybody, hasn't he, Rob? So what do you do with him now? I don't know, to be honest. Like I said it when they turned him heel back in February. We've seen um, him and Champa turn each other numerous times. I think they're kind of, he's another person he was just kind of, I think, stuck. It's not like his um, other half, who has is, is not really done much in NXT, has still got a lot more to give. I feel he's given all he can, to be honest. So he's obviously an extremely talented wrestler, but I don't want to see him face Balor again. And that's just tedious. I'm sure he'll have a good match, but you don't want to see stuff again. And I, he's not worthy of going off Keith Lee. Sorry, he's not done enough recently. He's losing to start with. Or well, he beat Isaiah Swerve Scott, and that means you can bloody get a title shot. No, it doesn't. No, I'm just a bit sick to be honest with Gargano. It's not his fault, but I just get a bit sick of how he's used. He's always on television as well. A bit irritating to be honest with you. And did you agree with Rob? I mean, like I said, Gargano's faced Balor, he's faced Keith Lee, he's faced Adam Cole. I mean, what, what do you do with him? Who does he go to next? I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe because they're not going to have him beat um, Scott on a special episode of Dynamite. It was, it was over 10 minutes, I'm pretty sure. Um, 10 15. But they wouldn't have done that if they've not got something for him. They clearly have something for him. Because um, I like Scott as well. I, I used to like him in the cruiserweight division. I thought he was class. 
and uh, I'm sure Triple H has got hard on him, so they wouldn't have had him beat him uh, without some sort of plan. So maybe they will just have Gargano versus Keith Lee, you know, maybe on a, maybe on an episode of NXT, just a standard episode. Um, this is something that Gargano's won both belts, so why couldn't he say, look, you know, you know I want to be the next, I don't know. They could work it into a storyline for one week and then maybe give Gargano some time off because it is becoming a bit of a stale situation. You know, we've talked about other wrestlers that are becoming a bit stale, like Seth Rollins, worry about Rhea Ripley. Johnny Gargano is falling into that category a little bit. Maybe, yeah, just a change of pace for him going on to uh, Raw SmackDown because he did do that about a year or so ago. Him and Ciampa both uh, debuted at the same time. However, if I recall, one of them got hurt and so that whole thing sort of trickled out. So, um, yeah, I wouldn't have him on that XD for much longer. I know he's a big draw and he's one of the stalwarts who's been there for a long time. So, yeah, I don't really see him doing much else anymore. And if he was to face Keith Lee, I think we'd all know that Keith Lee would end up winning that, that match. So, I agree. It'd be interesting to see what Triple H and the others have planned for him. Um, the next match, again, was the tag team match that got announced last week. The new uh, Cruiserweight champion Santos Escobar and his boys um, went up against Brizango and Drake Maverick. Obviously, the Cruiserweight champion and his team won because why would you crown a new Cruiserweight champion and then literally in two weeks make him lose to the man that he beat? So... Yeah, that's about enough on that one. Uh, the next one was a returning superstar, one that we know because we saw her in the AEW about a Royal right at the start. She then went to NXT. She has now returned. It was Mercedes Martinez. Again, boys, I hate to say that I'm right, but I called it. I knew they put her up against a jobber, which she won. But again, as I said, another woman to add to a very stacked women's division. Now, just before we go on to the main event, I want one. Qu- oh, I've got one question for you both on the women's division. We know that they're struggling on Raw especially, right? So take an example. If Oscar defeats Sasha Banks, okay, say, you know, all theoretically, then who does Oscar face? We're clutching at straws, aren't we? Likewise, likewise with SmackDown. Bailey beats Nikki Cross. Again, we've seen that before. We're clutching at straws again. There are so many women on this NXT division. We've seen Belair go up. We saw, you know, well, yeah, we saw Bianca Belair go up. Do we push a couple of NXT women up to the main roster to flesh out Raw and SmackDown? And if we do, does that help with women getting opportunities on the NXT brand? What do you think, Rob? Um, it's a difficult one, to be honest, because it's not well and good pushed them to um, main roster. But the issue I have is that as soon as they get bigger names come back, they just probably get buried. It's the issue they have. They are lacking women. And- well, they keep making this deal that NXT is meant to be, it's not where people then move up to Raw and SmackDown. It's meant to be the third brand now, isn't it? So then you keep just cutting NXT's legs off and taking the women away. It doesn't really sit too well with me. Maybe if Vince could just do his COVID-19 test properly, he wouldn't bloody have this issue, would be. So, but this has been an issue with Raw and for years. It was an issue last year when Becky was struggling to find people to face because she kept beating everyone. Yeah, why not push a few? Rhea Ripley especially is one who needs to go up because she's not really doing anything. Um, but the women on NXT, they've still there are a lot of them who still haven't done too much on NXT that I think weren't going up yet. But they chucked by Anka Bella up there and we've seen what happened already. So it's a difficult one for me. If they've got plans for them, then why not? But I don't want them to just... Because I think by Anka Bella, Vince liked her and just chucked her on Raw but didn't actually know what he wanted to do with her. And she's seen what happens with that. If they've got actual plans for people, then why not? But 
I don't think they do have plans for anyone. You can't just, I wouldn't just chuck them on there for the sake of bolstering the vision, actually make plans for these women. Otherwise, they're better off staying in NXT, in my opinion. Andy, just quickly, do you agree? Anything to add? Look, when you're when on SmackDown, we talked about this on our wrestling group chat, when you are putting women in a karaoke contest on national TV, you know that your women's division is messed up. That is That was one of the most appalling things I've seen in a long, long time. How utterly embarrassing. You would not ever, under any circumstances, I don't think, see that in NXT. You wouldn't see Lorraine, Yim, Shirai, Ripley. Even They're just bigger names than what we saw in SmackDown. And even if they weren't, we wouldn't see them do a bloody karaoke contest. It was awful. I'd put Rhea Ripley up there. She could have a great feud with either to Asuka or uh, Bailey. I prefer to Asuka. But then I do see talent on SmackDown for Bailey that she can face. I look at Naomi, I think, wow, you are, you are being suffocated. You can tell she was uncomfortable up there. You can tell she just wants to wrestle because that's all she wants to do. That's all she can do. And, um, yeah, I think there is talent there, but they're just wasting it and they have nothing for them. So, oh, what do we do? Oh, put them in a karaoke contest. That, 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 that will sell tickets. No, it won't. Idiots. Yeah, boys, um, I, can, I completely agree. I, I, I see both points, but for me, like you said, Andy, when you have your women's division and we have some talented wrestlers on that women's division and they're doing karaoke and they're just being subjected to this awful thing. I just feel you need to somehow freshen it up. I get what Rob says. I know that it's supposed to be sort of three equal brands now and it shouldn't be seen as pushing, but I, I just feel if they're not going to sort it out, they have to have some sort of movement going on because I can name you about five or six brilliant women's NXT wrestlers. I, I can't do that for Raw and SmackDown at the moment. And mm -hmm. I think I don't like, we were talking about Rhea Ripley getting lost in the NXT shuffle i mean we wouldn't have even thought about that before would we so it might be something for them to look at and something potentially vince could look at because now with mercedes martinez coming back which was the original um match that we were talking about that adds another woman to the equation now on to the main event and andy you mentioned that nxt won the ratings yet again this is why they won the ratings the match that everyone was talking about, and it did not disappoint. Boys, we have a new NXT champion, and it is Keith Lee. I couldn't name you a man who deserves it more. And the match went perfectly. Now, I think it was one of you two. I want to say it was Rob when you were basically saying about people kicking out of finishers and does it sort of devalue the finish it was Andy. Sorry, Rob. <laughs> Sorry, Andy. It was you, not Rob. Rob's sitting there plainly looking at me. Um, sorry, Andy, it was you. Um, Keith Lee actually kicked out of two last shots. Mm. Mad. And a Panama Sunrise as well, just to show how dominant he was. Mind you, though, uh, Adam Cole also did kick out of a Keith Lee spirit bomb, and he then had to do it again on top of a big bang catastrophe. And finally... Keith Lee got the victory after a great match. Thankfully, Undisputed Era stayed well clear. They didn't get involved. That was a, a big bonus for me. And Keith Lee is a double champion. Rob, I will start with you. Did you enjoy the match and did the right man win? Yeah, it was a phenomenal match between two of the, the best wrestlers across, I believe, NXT Raw and SmackDown. Adam Cole is a legend can't do any wrong I don't particularly like the fact that Keith Lee kept kicking out of his finishes but you've got to make Keith Lee look like an absolute beast he's the first ever double champion in NXT history so 
And the deserved winner, I think, there is, there's no one else currently on NXT who has been put up and up or simply good enough to um, take that title off Adam Cole. He's the longest reigning ever NXT champion and deserved winner. Interesting to see where he goes from here, but in terms of Keith Lee, she's going to go on to bigger and better things from here. Just keep on knocking them out of the park because he's just, he's just an absolute beast of a man, to be honest. And it was a phenomenal match and the right man won. And he joins now an illustrious list of um, people who have won that NXT title. Some have gone on to do some good things. Some of them, Bo Dallas is one I can name, who haven't gone on to do as well in, in the main <coughs> roster. So we'll see where he goes from here. But I, I can tell, I think, that everyone on NXT is extremely high on Keith Lee. And I think he will hold, uh, maybe not both of them, interesting to see how, how long he holds on to both the titles. But the NXT title, I think he will hold for a long time now. Uh, Andy, kind of the same question to you. Did you enjoy the match? Did the right um, man win? But also, like Rob said, he now has two championships. Does he have longevity in holding both of them? Or would you say the longevity lies with the NXT title? Um, both, if that makes sense. So I, I would have him hold both for a while. And I like the idea of having uh, a bit like Becky Lynch had, you know, two challengers either side, one vying for the other, and maybe one opponent costing him the other, that kind of thing, just to really sell uh, a future match. Um, he's been North American champ for quite a while now. Um, but I would still just, I would still hammer it in that he is the man because they've gone so far in on him. I remember at Survivor Series, that was the real moment where he was pretty much introduced to a wider audience as if to say, this guy is going to be someone. And uh, he hasn't disappointed since. Uh, his performance in the Royal Rumble was really enjoyable. It was brief, but very enjoyable. Him and Strowman and Lesnar having their little thing. And it's just been continuously building since then. And uh, yeah, of course, you know, being North American champion and now finally winning, winning the creme de la creme um, and being the double champ. Um, I, I was thrilled for him. Loved the match. It was an outstanding match. Bit too many kickouts of, you know, the last shot and the Panama um, Sunrise as well. I just thought it overdoes a little bit, but then you don't quite have that same, oh my God, if it's just a regular move, you know. So what, for, the, for the spectacle element, I have no problems with it. Um, but yeah, I do believe the right man won. Adam Cole's had an amazing reign, um, longest reign, and just he's, he's beaten everybody. But it was the right time and the right man. And so, uh, yeah, I'm very happy. I'm very disappointed that it was uh, leaked for some people. I was lucky that I didn't see the leak. Uh, I'm pretty sure you did, Connor. So in that respect, it does hurt. Um, but as we talked about last week, uh, there were rumours that they have faked more than one ending, meaning that that ending that was leaked may not have been the ending that was... Um, going to be broadcast in the end it, it, I think it was um, but um, yeah I don't think that would impact uh, viewers interest because as you said they won the ratings and I'm not surprised they won the ratings because that main event is is a massive draw not just the NXT title but the North American as well it just when it takes all matches are always going to be interesting to watch that's why Wrestlemania was a success uh, last year's one and uh, that's why this was a success as well I completely yeah. agree um, yeah I did I did see the spoiler but it by no means ruined my experience. Um, I was still shocked when he won, even though I had read the spoiler and I did kind of know, but it was still um, a real shock for me and a, a really enjoyable match. We saw in the showing, once he won and the confetti was coming down, uh, Karrion Cross and his partner Scarlett Bordeaux were watching from the top. It looks like Karrion Cross will probably be his next challenger. Like you said, you don't make him beat Tommaso Ciampa at a pay-per-view it uh, really quickly if you're not going to push him for a title. Um, Andy, they'll have a great match, won't they? 100%. It, yeah, 100%. Happens. 
Um, well, as I said about Gargano earlier on, you know, you don't really have someone win on a, on a high-profile card unless you've got something for them. And so Cross, yeah, they'll have a good match. They'll have a very good match. I, I expect Keith Lee will win. I, I don't think there's a problem with that. I don't think they'll hurt Cross because Keith Lee is now the most dominant man on the on the roster and one of the most dominant in the whole of the company, actually. So losing to him isn't going to hurt anyone as long as they have a good 15 to 20-minute um, ball-buster of a match. I think everyone's going to go home happy uh, and Cross will look better for it. So, yeah, all, all on board with that. Rob, do you want to see Cross versus Lee? I do. I think there's, there's a few people that um, could face uh, Keith in the future. Another one is Dexter Loomis after he um, beat Strong. I'm a huge fan of him as well. I think there'll be a, there's a few people who I'd put ahead of Gargano. But as Andy says, if it's just on an NXT coming up, then I don't mind it because it'd be a brilliant match. But yeah, carrying Cross is a, is a beast. And he said, if you beat Tommaso Ciampa, who has been the face of NXT for a few years, then he's got to go on and do something. So, but I'm sure Keith, he, he is now the face of NXT. He's, everyone's hiring him. He will go on to destroy a few people, I think, in his reign as double champion. Mm. And and it's like you mentioned earlier, Andy, it, it was due, wasn't it? I mean, a fantastic performance at Survivor Series, carrying his NXT team, finally going out and losing to Roman Reigns, um, which is a little bit disappointing, but I guess kind of expected. Uh, very good showing there. Uh, a good bit of fun in the Royal Rumble. Actually managed to get a couple of moves on Brock Lesnar as well, which mm. I think were the first moves that Brock actually took. Um, in the match at that time. Um, so for me, a long time coming. He's clearly a very well-liked um, superstar around the locker room. Adam Cole, once they went off air, got up, shook his hand, said, well done. He then went down the ramp and Dominic Dijakovic ran out, jumped on his back, they had a nice photo. And he was greeted by his partner, Mia Yim, at the back, which I found out today they are dating, which blew my mind. I had, I had absolutely no idea that was the case. So he's clearly very, very liked. Um, and um, I think he personally for me I think he's got total longevity there's actually one thing that I wanted to mention um, obviously you know we look we look at the world and we, we've been gripped sort of by the Black Lives Matter and it's always been controversial as to equality in you know workplaces etc if you look at the current champions in WWE we have a very very diverse Champ, uh, group of champions now I, it came up on my twitter but i'm gonna run you through the current champions that we have so u.s title apollo cruz women's tag team champions sasha banks and bailey she's also the smackdown women's champion 24 7 champion our truth the street profits raw tag team champions keith lee north american nxt the new day as smackdown tag team champions eo shirai as nxt uh, oscar as raw and Santos Escobar, who's Mexican, as the cruiserweight champion. So a very sort of diverse uh, group of champions. And I think champions that everyone's currently enjoying at the moment. So we're, very, we're sometimes very critical of, of WWE, but I, I feel that was something that I, that I wanted to mention because I thought it's a very sort of diverse nature and um, really make, entices everyone to watch it and also, also gets all sort of viewerships in. Um, before we move on, we've talked about this a lot, obviously. Um, Adam Cole took the defeat. He had been champion for over a year, done it all now on NXT, hasn't he? And we've talked about where, where, we, where we think he will go. I'm going to reverse the question now, and I'm going to ask both of you, what would you do 
if you were Adam Cole. So say you were Adam Cole and you've just lost, you've been NXT champion for a while, your contract's up in the summer, you've had lovely chats with your mates, the Young Bucks, and your, your, your missus is also big on, a, on AEW as well. And obviously you've got to look at the, you know, you've got, well, not the main roster, should I say, you've got to look at Raw and SmackDown as well, because even though NXT is a third brand, in his head from when he's been there, he will have always wanted to look at going onto Raw and SmackDown. We saw he could do it when they invaded and he beat Daniel Bryan. He also had a match with Seth Rollins. So Andy, picture yourself, you're Adam Cole, you've just lost, your contract's up, what do you do? Well, I call my wife, Britt Baker, uh, say hello. She's lovely. No, uh, no, I think, you know what, if I was Adam Cole, I would legitimately sign a one-year extension with the company. Um, if I know we might not have stroke to do this, but in an ideal world, I would ask to go over to SmackDown. Because uh, I mentioned this a few weeks ago, the amount of people we could have unbelievable, to use Rob's phrase, uh, matches with on that show, it's endless. I mentioned uh, Daniel Bryan, Styles, Gulak, Cesaro, uh, Nakamura. These are guys who we could have absolute classics with. And, you know, SmackDown needs that at the moment. You know, we, we weren't fans of this past Friday's show. It wasn't very good. So by all means, bring someone with a name value in that, in, into, that, into that card who can have a fantastic match. We've just seen he can work. We know he can work with big guys. So why not give him a program with Strowman or Bray Wyatt? It's endless the amount of people he could face. And do we are going to really miss a trip if they do not get him to sign a new contract? Hey, if it's up to him, he might want to go AW. But I really think he has unfinished business in this company. He was NXT champion for so long. It'll be interesting to see, as a performer, if he can challenge himself to go to one of the so-called main roster shows and, um, and, and really prove himself and, and do something great. I'd love to see him go for the ICE title with Styles. I think that'll be a fantastic uh, start for him. Uh, and maybe even win the title as well. It wouldn't be a totally abject decision because he's already beaten Daniel Bryan, as you rightly said, Connor. So um, if I was him, I'd re-sign, go to one of the uh, Raw or SmackDown shows. I'd dearly SmackDown, have a go there, see how he does. And if they bury him, leave. Because you do not want to ruin that allure. You don't want that to ruin his name value. Um, and eventually, I'd love to see him in AEW because, again, the, the possibilities are endless. And he'll be with his missus as well, so I'm sure he'll be happy. But, um, yeah, I, I, don't, I think most wrestling fans there would like to see him with those Bryans, those Styles, those Gulags, so yeah, we'll see. Uh, Rob, I think I know where you're going to go with this, but if you were Adam Cole, what would you do? Well, as I understand, his contract's expiring end of the month with bollocks, apparently. He's still under contract for at least another year anyway. I don't know if you saw Triple H's tweets, but he says Adam Cole's just getting started, and he is NXT, and that's undisputed, so he clearly is still high on him. But, but I'm going to play devil's advocate here. You would say that. Well, yeah. yeah but... See what's happened in the media, everything that's speculating. He's done that just to, you would say that as a company message. I personally wouldn't look too much in, into that. Um, I, I, I just want to know, if you were him, what would you do? Have a discussion with um, Hunter. So he can tell me, um, what are you going to do with me? Don't, I'm not being stuck in some dead end feuds. I'm Adam Cole, baby. I'm longest reign NXT champion. What are you going to do with me? It's a pile of shit, and I'm fucking off to AEW, where I will get used and I will become world champion at some point because he will. As I said, I, I as I said, for Andy's little names off, I'd love to see him like a match with AJ Styles. Be pure filth, <laughs> unbelievable his match. But then I do. I always because I'm such a huge fan of his. I do always have the concern that he wouldn't be the same 
because NXT has been his show. I worried that if he goes to SmackDown and Raw, he would just be kind of like someone like Nakamura and he gets stuck in a shitty tag team. Uh, like that, that's something that could happen to him. Whereas if he goes to AEW, then he'd just be an absolute beast. So I, I would want to know if I was him, I want to know plans. I want to know what's going to happen before. But as I said, I, I imagine I apparently he's still under contract for at least another year. So if Andy says, yeah, give him a go on the main roster, NXT, I think, um, I don't really see what else he can do, to be honest. He, he could put some people over, but I don't want him putting people over. I want him destroying people because he's still got so much to give. Yeah, give him a go on the main roster. And if they bury him, then fuck off to AEW. Simple as that, really. That tweet that Triple H said was, you know, if he says he is NXT and then he ends up in a program with like Robert Stone. That would be, yeah. like, be, like, be like the wrestling equivalent of when Leeds United on a transfer deadline day said, tweeted, uh, don't go to sleep, still more to come. And they sold two players. That would be the because he says just getting started. Well, he can't be just getting started because he's done everything in NXT. Inaugural North American champion, longest reign NXT champion. What do you mean just getting started? There's not <laughs> much more else he can do, to be honest. He's, he's going to join Bobby Fish and they're going to win the tag team uh, titles. That's yeah. what's going to happen. I, I wonder if, if he does move on, I wonder what happens to the rest of them. I mean, I, I think get Roderick Strong. Uh, well, we said we wanted him to get destroyed, get him off screen and maybe get the... Um, Bobby Fish off screen as well for a bit because I think on their own they could still do stuff to be honest. If you just kept Fish and O'Reilly as a tag team and a strong on his own, I think they'd be all right. But yeah, why not get him on main roster for a bit? But I'm always my concern with a few of them that he may get buried. But it's nice to know that I'm sure he has. I'm sure there is a place for him on AEW if he ever got stuck. His, his um, girlfriend made that abundantly clear that there is a place for him. He has friends there. That's what I would like to see him end up. I've said it personally, and that's why I'd love to see him end up. But, yeah, I mean, I'm sure every professional wrestler grows up and thinks they should at least... I've, I'm sure he thinks or something he should at least have a crack on the main roster. I think yeah. he deserves it for what he's done in NXT to at least have a go. Deserves it more than Matt fucking Riddle. So, he's already got an IC championship shot. Brilliant. Stupid, stupid smackdown. So, if he, if he can get places, then it's surely Adam Cole can get places. So... Be interested to see where he goes from there. I'm fascinated. I, I agree. Do you know what I'd do is I'd put him on Raw because I think get him going for the US title. I, I, don't, I don't think Apollo Crews has longevity. You would expect that he'll be MVP um, at Extreme Rules. Why not? Why not? Why not get him on there? Why not get him on making up a, a nice Raw debut and get him, going for the, get him going for the US Championship? I think personally that's what I'd do. I think because, like you said, Rob, with Matt Riddle and the IC Championship in SmackDown, they've clearly got plans for Matt Riddle on SmackDown, so don't sort of overpopulate it. I'd say maybe take him to Raw. But I like you, Andy. If they're just going to bury me, then, I, then I'd, I'd want to go. I'd, I'd want to go out. And um, listen, we know Britt Baker, his, his partner, is big in AEW. He's also a very good friend of the Young Bucks. He's made that abundantly clear. They've always talked about wanting him to come over as well. So... The man's got a big decision, got a big decision to make. But I, I agree with both of you. I think that he's he's done all he can um, on NXT and really should move on. Um, so that brings an end to Great American Bash. I enjoyed it. I thought the main event and uh, the first match were really good. But overall, as a whole card, I preferred um, Fighter Fest personally for me. Andy, before um, I hand back to you, there was just something that I wanted to to mention. Now I wasn't going to mention it. Um, but I thought it would be good to bring it up because I read something in another sport which uh, made me 
decided I wanted to bring this up. Um, earlier this week, as you all know, my favourite wrestler, Tegan Knox, um, came out on her Instagram um, as gay, comfortably, in her own environment. She joined Sonia Deville as being the um, second openly gay superstar. Now, I just wanted to talk about, I think it's very refreshing to feel that, that these women feel comfortable on their platform with all these fans coming around and they feel comfortable to say how they are and they feel environmentally safe in WWE to do so. Now, the only reason that I say this is, I don't know if you boys read this, but earlier today I read a, um, a thing on, I think it was, first of all, it was Daily Mail Sport and then I read it on BBC Sport about a Premier League player who openly wrote to the Premier League and said he was gay. He then went on to say that he doesn't want to come out with his name for fear of being abused by the fans. And I think in this day and age, it's something that is just disgusting. People should, people should be able to say what they want, be what they want, and not receive any judgment. And I just wanted to mention that I think it's really nice that these WWE superstars can do this and know that the fans won't judge them, that they won't be judged you know, in the locker room or anything like that, because in other sports, that certainly isn't the case. And I think we all need to sort of move on and all become diverse. And um, I think other, other sports should look at WWE, other companies should look at WWE and see how they've handled it. And also people need to get a grip because when I, when I read that in the Premier League, I just thought it was absolutely disgusting. Um, but it, but it's, it's very good to see for WWE. So um, good on that. Andy, I will go back to you where we will preview Extreme Rules. Thank you, Connor. And thank you, yeah, for mentioning that. It's a very, um, very wise statement indeed. I'm glad you brought it up. And of course, I echo uh, those sentiments. Um, yeah, so Extreme Rules is the 12th Extreme Rules uh, pay-per-view event. It's sort of been renamed this year, the horror show at Extreme Rules. Don't really know why. I think it's mainly because some of the matches are quite uh, gruesome, if you like, and quite horrifying. Got an eye for an eye match, a swamp match, all that kind of thing. I think it's going to be quite a cinematic edition of Extreme Rules, much like we saw at Mania and, uh, and uh, Money in the Bank, which I'm all for. I'm quite happy with that because, you know, when the state of the world is in at the moment, I think a bit of that uh, is quite relieving for us and it is different to the old traditional wrestling match. And because we haven't got a long lot of time on this show remaining, we'll uh, very quickly go through the card, we'll offer our predictions, but then certain matches will go more in depth with our discussions. Uh, so the very first one, again, I'll just get a quick prediction for you. This is the uh, match for the uh, SmackDown women's title. This is Bailey taking on Nikki Cross. Now, I personally love Nikki Cross. I'm sure she'll be a future champion, a singles champion, that is, in some time. But I think this Bailey Bank storyline means that Bailey should retain the SmackDown women's title. Um, I don't know what you think. Connor, I'll start with you. Where do you see this one going? I agree. Ba uh, Bailey wins it to progress the storyline. Um, for me, it's the right decision. As much as I enjoy Nikki Cross, she's not quite ready yet. Uh, she'd be bigged up. Maybe have her break up with Alexa Bliss, something like that. Nice little storyline there. Maybe for then Nikki Cross to get the upper hand on Alexa Bliss and then go again. For me, too early, so Bailey will win. Yeah, Bailey. Um, Nikki Cross is one of the few women on Smack that we talked about that shitty karaoke thing they did, but she's mm. one of the few women I think that they've actually done quite good things with. Then they've built her up quite well. And I think, yeah, the, the split between Alexa Bliss and them doing something I think would be beneficial for both her and Bliss because I think they've done enough as a tag team and individuals. They, sh they can go on to do bigger things, both of them separately. But yeah, I think Bailey should retain. To be honest, Nikki, she's not quite ready. But a huge fan of hers. And I'm sure it'll be um, a good match on the cards. It's just there's not many other people who could face Bailey, as Connor touched on earlier. So I think Nikki is a, she's a, she's a good face to have up against the heel of Bailey. 
And I, I definitely enjoyed it on um, commentary on Raw the other day. I thought that was thoroughly entertaining. So, yeah, it'll be a good match. Yeah, but Bailey's a win, obviously. Uh, very briefly, the WWE title match between uh, McIntyre and Ziggler. Uh, to be determined is the uh, current situation of the stipulation. We're not sure what it's going to be. I don't think they know what it's going to be, Andy, to be honest with you. I, I bet you it's a pile of shit, the stipulation. I bet you it's Other, other uh, match stipulations are very unique in this particular Extreme Rules. So, yeah, who knows what it could be. They always have an Extreme Rules match on the Extreme Rules card. There isn't one at the moment. There's seven matches announced. Every previous card has included an Extreme Rules match because that's the point of the pay-per-view, but there isn't one thus far. So unless that one is going to be one, which I doubt because Dolph Ziggler's going to yeah, be Yeah, but Andy, it's, it's horror show, mate. Yeah. Horror show. I didn't even notice that, Andy. You know what I mean, honestly. Oh, it's not bad, but no it's got an Extreme Rules match on it. That's no interest bad. in this, man. Absolutely. Anyway, I'm invested in this feud. I was far more invested in Heath Slater versus Drew McIntyre, and that lasted two minutes. Yeah. And you were far more invested in that storyline because that at least has history. This one seems to have come out of thin air. Um, very quickly, lads, McIntyre's going to retain, isn't he? Yeah. It's, a, it's, it's Yeah. You should squash Ziggler. I think, yeah. I, I think they literally just chucked Ziggler because they didn't know to put up against McIntyre, bless him. I feel quite bad for him because there's not that many people out there. I, I bloody hope he gets someone good at SummerSlam. He deserves a good opponent. Yeah, very, very much so. Uh, uh, Connor, you uh, briefly mentioned this match uh, earlier on. This is Apollo Crews, the US champion, taking on MVP. Now, we haven't actually mentioned the show yet. The new US title design. Uh, it's been the same. It was the same for about, I believe, 16 years, that uh, title design. 16, 17 oh, years. Uh, a very popular title design, I think. Um, and the new one's been revealed, and I think it's it. I like it. it. It sort of harks back to the old school WCW US title design with the eagle. Of course, has the, you know, the stars and the uh, little red and white stripes coming down. I think it's a good-looking title belt. Uh, what do you think, Rob? It is a nice title, but I've said it. It's not, it's not one that needed changing. It's not James Don't Broke It. Same as the IC one. Sort out your bloody tag team belts first. Yeah. My fucking it by. And the Universal title as well, which looks like a toy. <laughs> yeah. Shit. You I'm know. sorry, but it is. They just need to sort them out. But yeah, no, it's a very nice belt. And it's, it, it's been the same for a long time. You do need to change things, but they, they could do changing some of the other belts as well. Now, am I the only one, uh, Connor, I'll start with you, that I think MVP actually has a chance here. I genuinely do. I genuinely could see them pulling a swerve and having MVP win this match. Maybe with a little help from Lashley or someone. Or, you know, he was talking to Cedric Alexander backstage as well. I could totally see a little swerve going on here and MVP beating Cruz for the US title. I don't know what you think about that. Um, I didn't see it until this week, till when uh, MVP actually won, which is quite amazing yeah. because MVP... I don't think he's won since he came back, has he? <laughs> um, yeah, they could, and I like it. I like him as manager. I like how he's picking, how he's picked up Lashley. Good if he picks up Cedric Alexander, because I think there's a talented superstar in there. Um, but he's just got no direction at the moment. So maybe MVP can give him that direction. Um, oh, it'd be a shame on Apollo, wouldn't it? He's only just got the title. Yeah. Yeah, and, and the way they built him when he moved to Raw, mm, yeah, has a chance. But I'll go for Apollo. I'll stick with. I'll stick with the boy. Right, Rob, the Apollo MVP. I think they're going to have um, Cruz lose. I, I don't think they're that invested in them, to be honest. I agree with you, Andy. I think MVP, longest reigning United States champion of all time. I think they. I get that feeling. It's just they're going to going to give him the title. Yeah. I don't know why. I do, see I do, I do, I do think it's going to happen. 
Which I don't really mind, to be honest, because if you're not going to be invested in the pod as a champion, why give him the belt then? Cruz was a Paul Heyman guy and he's no longer at the raids of the show. Well, there so. you go then. So yeah. it wouldn't surprise if they just fucked him off completely. We'll see about that. Uh, now, the Wyatt swap fight between uh, Strowman and Wyatt. Now, before the, before the uh, show went on the air, we realised this wasn't actually for the uh, Universal title belt. They seem to have forgotten that the belt is there. Um, now, this is probably going to be the old school Bray Wyatt, the original Bray Wyatt, the, uh, you know, the rocking chair, sitting, uh, you know, tongue-tied, talking man. I don't know what you call him, cult leader, if you like. Uh, that gap character's come back, which I'm happy with because I like the idea of having a, th- a three-faced. Yeah, I don't. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Mankind, Mick Foley back in the day. You know, have the fiend, have old school Bray, and have the uh, Firefly Funhouse character. Uh, Connor, you look extremely bored. Is that my voice, or is that the uh, the Wyatt Strong It's the, it's the match, Andy. Do you know what? It was something that I was really, really looking forward to, and I thought this is this is brilliant. And then they just haven't they just haven't touched it in the last two weeks. Just forgot it's existed. Hey, they replayed their match at Money in the Bank, Connor. Is that not is that not good enough for you? Does that not get you excited? <laughs> like seriously. I don't think he, he's he's had a baby. I don't is he actually been on television? Well, put put the bloody now. universal champion on then. Seriously. I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't He's understand. the champion. You've already kicked off Mr. Money in the Bank. God knows where he's gone. He just kicked off the blooming champion as well. He's What's the point? I, I think Strowman there. What I is the point? One, they don't, they don't, they're not investing him as a champion. I, mean, I think it's And now it's not for the titles. I don't know. I don't know who's going to win. I don't care. Well, I don't care. Is that because it's a Wyatt Swamp fight, that means it's going to be a cinematic experience, which does make me a bit more excited than if it was just yeah. standing one. Because we've seen that at Elimination Chamber and it was a bit. Uh, sorry, not Elimination Chamber, at Money in the Bank. And it was a bit meh. It was fine. I uh, did the job. But um, yeah, I don't know how to call this one because it's an untitled. I could totally see Bray Wyatt winning. Then again, and as well. I don't want to see the Universal Title Championship um, you know, lose. And I don't know. It's a weird one. They're not investing in though, are they, are they Andy? It's no, a stopgap. It's a stopgap until Mr. Reigns returns. He'll give him one yeah. spear. Bish bash bosh. There's your new champ. I think they don't really rate um, the fiend anymore either. The fact that he's disappeared, I think they're, they're just they're just waiting for Roman to come in and take the title off some take whoever has it by the time he returns. To be honest, when it was first announced, I was really excited for the best. There's just no investment in it. I do not get the bloody obsession with replaying matches, especially shit ones as well. The way I, the I, way I want to watch that again, it was awful. Come the on, the way man. I look at it, if they can't if they can't get gassed about a match, how are we supposed to get gassed about it? Yeah. If they forget to show it for two weeks, how are we expected to remember it? Mm-hmm. That's the way I look at it. And the lack of interest in it has made my lack of interest just decrease. So, you know what, Andy? I don't know who's going to win, and I don't really care, but because it's a prediction and we're doing a podcast, I'll go for oh, Bray Wyatt. I'll go Strowman. I'll go Wyatt. I shall go. No, I'll end, end the draw if that's possible in a swamp fight. I don't know. Yeah, it'd be something shit like that. I don't know. Next, we have. Now, this one has actually, to be fair. So, this one for me, this next match is 50 50 in terms of my opinions on whether I'm going to enjoy it or not. So, whilst I like the build up and it's been built up very well, I hate the story matter. This is the bar fight between Jeff Hardy and Sheamus. Now, the feud. I like the feud. It's been built very well. But the subject matter, and they stop 
bloody making light of this man's legit addiction problems. They're bringing up on TV. Michael Cole on commentary saying, by the way, folks, he was an addict with alcohol. Leave him alone! <laughs> does my head I in. I didn't laugh because it's really bad, I think. I think it's getting out of hand. If it was five why... years ago, I would maybe think, yeah, you know, it's for TV. This is literally, this year he's been in bloody rehab. I don't know what they're doing. It's like when Miz tells him, I don't want my daughter looking up to people like you. And I was like, which this is this isn't like fake. This has actually happened. If I was Jeff Hardy sat there, I'd feel really shit about myself when people say that to me. No, and you know, I'm sure it's all being done to put Jeff over in the end, overcome his demons and overcome Seamus. But you know what? Why? What's to Why? It would it would make this whole thing even more in bad taste? Um, Why? Why do it with Seamus when he's just come back? Because there's no. Oh, it makes no sense. <laughs> Doesn't make any sense. Before we scream ourselves into oblivion, let's just say who's going to win it. We've seen Seamus beat Hardy at Backlash, so I feel like it's going to be return the favour now. It's going to be Hardy beating Seamus in this bar match. He'll probably smash him over the head with a whiskey bottle and then they'll pee on him again, something like that. What do you think, Rob? Yeah, I think you have to have Jeff go over, surely. Yeah, come on now. Come on. <laughs> come on now. It's just it's so stupid. It's, it's like that. This storyline gets, I'm pretty sure, the most like television time. Yeah. Or, or maybe... Kofi Kingston getting pinned before he gets the most television time as well, but it's just a joke. It really is. I've just gone too far, but Seamus doesn't even come in anymore. He's just always on the screen at the back for fuck's sake. Don't see him. It's so annoying to watch. Oh, I can't be bothered. As long as if Jeff if Jeff wins, that makes it mildly better. But if Jeff if Jeff Hardy loses, I give up. I honestly give up. You can't, cannot put this man through that and then make him lose a bar fight. Honestly, you cannot do that, surely. There, there has to be some sense. So for me, Jeff Hardy. Please, please, Jeff Hardy. Fair enough, right. Uh, we've got Asuka now versus Sasha Banks. Finally, we have something we can all look forward to and uh, we can just talk nice things about for a couple of minutes. Um, yeah, well, we can start on the line. Uh, Asuka, the champion with Sasha Banks. Built very well. Sasha Banks is pulling over overtime on uh, every single show. Um, we all love her. We all love Asuka as champion. Uh, so this one's going to be quite hard to call, you know, um, because of the fact that, you know, they're, they're pushing this idea that Asher and Bailey are unstoppable at the moment, but they still sort of plant the seeds of, you know, would there be a disdain between the two? Uh, where do you see this one going, Rob? I mean, would you keep the belt on Asuka and just build a tension with Sasha and Bailey, Or would you even give Sasha the belt in this one? What do you think? I quite like to see them give the belt to Banks, to be honest. But then I really don't want poor old Oscar to get buried. So it's a tough one for me. In terms of that, I, I, I think it'd be fucking sick if they had all the gold. Fucking class. But I, as I said, it kind of weapons to the rest of the women where it's just Banks and um, Bailey of all the titles. So for that reason, as much as it'd be, I think it would benefit one storyline, I don't want them to bury Oscar. So I'll, I will go Oscar winning. I, f- I feel... Bailey probably will do some. Bailey may cost Banks the title or something. I, I don't know. There's a there's a variety of ways they could go with it, which is why it's one of the few things I'm actually interested in. And I think it's as well. It will be a, a brilliant match as well because they're two wrestlers at the top of their game and um, actually are valued wrestlers. It seems unlike half the other women on the on Raw and SmackDown. So it'll be a brilliant match. If it's not main event, then I'm shooting myself because it really should be being built up the most. And if it isn't, then I'll be pissed off. If it's that bloody bar fight, <laughs> I will turn it off because I see the A. But no, I think I think Oscar will go over because I do love her, bless her. She's adorable. I love Oscar. 
If Oscar loses, I give up on Raw. I'm done. <laughs> and she should be done as well. She should be done as well. If she loses, that's it. It's a joke. But she's losing to Sasha Banks, possibly. Is that not... I don't care. I don't care. It's a joke. It's a joke if she loses. Remember what they did last time? Remember what they did, Andy? Oh, they botched her, didn't they? They botched her. And you know what? They're going to do it again. Do you know what the funny thing is, right? I'd walk if I was her, and I will stop watching Raw. That's going to happen, because Sasha Banks is going to win this match. You watch them botch it again. Right? They botched it by making Becky give her the title. Then in her first match, she didn't even beat Nia Jax. Had to do it again. And then still didn't get it clean because John Cone decided to get involved. Seriously, mate, your son got involved at WrestleMania two years ago. Why are you getting involved? Then she makes Charlotte tap out on a Raw when Charlotte's leaving. It's a joke. Yeah. Sasha wins and I give up. I'm done. I'm honestly done. Well, you know, I, I, I do sympathise with the point of view on Africa. That would be horrible to see her uh, from mm. But what I do understand Rob's point of view as well, that Sasha winning would really help that storyline. And, like, imagine them turning up on every brand with literally every belt would be quite cool. I wouldn't like it at the expense of Asuka. So I'm going to go for Asuka on this one. Uh, I would maybe have Kari Sane and Bailey also involved somehow and maybe have Bailey cost Sasha just to add that storyline going forward. Yeah, I agree. Well, they've, 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 they've got to defend their tag team titles tonight, haven't they, against um, the we two do. of them? Yeah. So I don't know if it was confirmed, but it's interesting what happens there. They may, give, they may give them the tag belts and compensation, and then they'll no. take the Raw off Oscar next time. <laughs> no. I, yeah, I, 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 as I, I, yeah, it would be cool to have all the gold, but just because it's Oscar, please don't. If it's but they will. Do. They will, Rob, because they've watched it before and they've watched it again. <laughs> I, I, honestly, I can't actually even say this, but I'll be, I'll be, I'll be so happy, obviously, if Oscar wins. But I'll also be really, really surprised if she wins. Very quickly, then we'll go to the final match, uh, the eye for an eye match, which that they just nicked from AEW. It was Santana and Ortiz, or Santana taking on John Moxley. Oh, was it Moxley, match. wasn't it? Yeah. And now it's Mysterio Rollins uh, in a match now. There's some rumours that this might include some CGI, maybe of someone's eye actually being gouged out. I mean, it's, it's called AW Blood and Guts. What, what's this? Nice. <laughs> yeah, there is. There was like a fake eye. I, I know. That, I just, I could, I find that brilliant. That'd so be very quickly, lads, you know, because this might be Rollins' swan song for a little bit. Not sure. Uh, who's who's going to win, Connor? Uh, Ray Mysterio, and we don't see Rollins for years, so that I can finally <laughs> be happy when he returns. And I'm like, yes, he's back instead of being while you're on my TV screen. I'm bored. Rob, yeah, get okay, yeah, Ray Asuka over. Yeah. Sorry, Seth, but yeah, I'd, I'd give Dominic give, a bit of a, a push in this match yeah, as well. Give him something to do on the outside with Murphy or you know one of the others. Fucking Alistair Black doing something else as well. Come on now, what's yeah. he bloody he's doing? Just, he's there, isn't he? He's just there. Yeah, please find something to do with him. It's pissing me yeah. off. Roberto, I don't really like. I've said that. I don't really have much time for him. Bless him. His no. music pisses me off. But Alistair Black should be doing more of that. We thought he was going to win the Royal Rumble. Look where he is now. Fuck all. That's what he's doing. Honestly, Fuck boys. All. I just if Oscar loses, I'm actually going to cry. <laughs> I, 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 I'm so down about it because I just know she's going to lose. I'm so sad. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to the listeners. I'm sorry to the listeners. I got on a right downer after that match, but I just can see it happening and it's making me really sad. Well, I am excited for Extreme Rules based on what we just discussed because there is a lot going on. There's a lot to discuss uh, when it comes to it. Uh, but that concludes this episode of Monday Night Football. We've been through some ups and downs in this episode, boys. I think overall... <laughs> 
uh, we should look forward to uh, next week's product because you know we don't know where it's going to go. It, you know, got... I don't want to be doing the pod. I do. I do. O- Oscar, Oscar loses. And gets oh, better again. We're going to have to do the pod on Monday because we're oh. absolutely fuming. I'll be, be fuming, Rob. I'll be crying. <laughs> we thank you very much for listening, and we do suggest you tune in next week because, of course, we have all the fallout from uh, Keith Lee's first week as uh, NXT and North American champion. We'll have uh, John Moxley taking on Brian Cage, the AEW World Champion. And we'll have all the fallout from a man getting his eye gouged out. So we thank you very much for listening to Monday Night Gore. Wherever you are in the world, please make sure you stay safe, look after your family, and we will see you next